type. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, hour number two starts now. Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. I am Ashley Frasca. Yeah, you hear me do traffic Monday through Friday during Atlanta's morning news. Get to have a little fun in the garden during the week when I get off of work and with you every Saturday morning 404-872-0750 here this morning with Chris running the board and on the phones just learned a new thing about Ann she and I share the same phobia of the same terrible I know she's like I don't want to talk about it I don't know how oh because Chris Chris is like new here to Atlanta and was talking about roaches and how big they are and it's just like in awe of how big they are and Ann and I are like nope that's our one thing I would take spiders I would take snakes roaches uh-uh, can't do them no so if you don't have a pest control company you probably should go ahead and look for one yeah i'm gonna i i just i don't like them either but it's snakes for me snakes see? snakes for me yeah see they don't bother me and most of them aren't even venomous i mean but the thought of like one wrapping itself around your ankle or something that's a little terrifying for sure but with the roaches the exterminator will tell you if it's raining too much they come in your house because they're looking for dry but then again if it's too dry outside then they're like, oh, they're coming in your house for moisture. And it, it, it's a no-win situation. Yeah, it, it is really a no-win, and they scurry, and they fly, and they're just awful. So, oh, yeah. So, so another uh, problem that we're having, something that we want to avoid, but this you have a little more control over. I hate to be kind of a buzzkill, uh, but Channel 2 meteorologist Glenn Burns posted something on Facebook the other day. Avoid the Chattahoochee, and this includes your pets as well. E. coli levels are way up. And that's kind of sad. So I went to the website uh, USGS, Science for a Changing World, some governmental website. I don't even know what that stands for. Uh, The U.S. Department of the Interior. Yeah, that's what it stands for. But they have like every Thursday, like we do, uh, we release the drought numbers and everything on Thursday. They release kind of the the monitoring, the bacteria of different bodies of water. And so sure enough, um, August 11th. They came up with checking the different stations, one along uh, Medlock Bridge of the Chattahoochee River, Powers Ferry, and Paces Ferry. They're closer to the Cobb Cloverleaf. And a low risk of E. coli in the water is like a number of 235 or lower. That's a low risk. Anything above 235 is kind of where we want to be concerned. Well, the Medlock Bridge station two days ago had a reading of over 1,000. Powers Ferry was close to 1,000. And Paces Ferry, it dropped significantly. The number is 565, but that is still well in excess of this number 235 where it's considered safe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hate to be a bummer and change your plans if you're planning on uh, tubing the Chattahoochee or anything like that, but probably not a good idea uh, because of E. coli right now. And I don't know. I'm sure they probably have control over that. Like they'll close it down to folks or whatever, but go up to Helen, go further north and We'll check the E. coli levels up there and make sure it's a little bit safer for you. 404-872-0750. Talked to Saeed in the last hour about his young citrus trees. Gave him some good advice. And I hope I can do the same for you when you call. Up next is Dave calling from Jonesboro. Hey there, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Ashley. What's going on? Uh, I recently moved up here from South Florida. All right, and I'm looking for milkweed. Ah, I'm so glad you asked. This is the month of pollinators. We've talked a lot about monarchs, and there was some stuff floating around on social media that put a lot of people into a panic about monarchs, right? Whether or not they were 
going to be on the endangered list. Um, I have dug deeper and deeper into that, and that is not the case. The research that was released was based from a European company who was not really doing the numbers, or a European organization uh, that wasn't really doing the numbers for North America. So we're fine, but milkweed is the number one host plant for monarch caterpillars to feed off of. And so, yeah, that's wonderful. Now, you being from Florida, there are different varieties. And what we always want to do is plant native because that's going to be what's best for the caterpillars is actually native milkweed. Don't try to go tropical or anything, um, you know, that's that's varying a little bit. But I have some good news for you because I just found this out (laughs) a few days ago. Um, Next Saturday when I'm off, I'm going to have an interview for all of you with Annette Wise, who is a personal friend of Miss Rosalind Carter and heads up the uh, Rosalind Carter Butterfly Trail down in Plains, Georgia. And it's kind of like a a national effort, statewide and national effort. And then she put me in touch with Yop Darude, and he's a professor of biology at Emory here in the city and also studies parasites and their hosts, but his main focus is on monarch butterflies. And he gave me some great news, Dave. This all goes back to you being in Jonesboro. You're not too far from the Emory campus. His lab, the Darude lab there at Emory University, has started giving out milkweed to people. And I think that's so fantastic because that's how much they believe in protecting monarchs, planting gardens, making your you know area more friendly to pollinators. So um, I would look that up if I were you, and I would plan to make a trip to that North Druid area and go get you some milkweed. That sounds fantastic. Because I think it's free. Yeah. I mean, there's Emory. Gonna, yep, yep. The Emory University campus. Yep. And um, here's the website you can go to to get more information just to, to back me up. Cause, I've um, got a pen. Go ahead. <laughs> I love that. You're prepared. All right. It's Darude Lab. It's his last name. So it's D-E-R-O-O-D-E lab.org. Darude lab.org. And he is, again, a professor of biology at Emory University. And you can get in touch with him that way when you click the contact tab and just leave a message for the office, shoot him an email, whatever, and ask how you need to go about getting milkweed. And, of course, you know, Pike Nursery has it. They have the native varieties as well. Um, Some of the big box stores may have it. I don't really know the time of year, um, but I would imagine now summertime is prime. And then once we get into the colder months, it'll be a little bit harder. Look, when 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 I got to 20 years old, um, on my birthday, I would give my mom a live plant. Uh, first time I gave her a rose, it turned into a damn tree. <laughs> um, but I also bought her six milkweed down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Wow. Now, and why? What attracted you to milkweed? Did you know? Them like it was not tomorrow. Did you know what milkweed was? I loved the butterflies. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, did you know what milkweed was when you bought it or... Did yeah, you? Yeah, okay, good. I did. That's Come a great on. idea. I, I go to Butterfly World. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool. And there's so many. There's a, a, actually a really cool butterfly place up in Dahlonega as well, where it's one of those, you know, you go in there and the butterflies fly all over you and they land on you and stuff like that, too. I think it's called the Dahlonega Butterfly Farm, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Well, good for you. That's sweet. So you bought her a birthday gift every year on your birthday? Every year after 20, yep. Wow, that's fantastic. You are you are a good son. She was 84 and passed away. Wow. So you're keeping it alive. New plants, attracting butterflies. I love it, Dave. Well, report back and let me know, because Yop is one of the nicest guys. I had a great interview with him, and um, him studying, you know, this, this terrible uh, parasite that's going after monarchs and stuff. So he's doing everything he can to promote, you know, the, the growth and population of them. And you're, it's going to start with you putting that native milkweed in your landscape there in Jonesboro. Yep.
Ah, very good. Well, yeah, so glad you called. That was, like I said, perfect timing since I had just talked to him. And here I am going through my notes because I want to make sure now that we're talking about butterflies. I'm pretty sure it is the Dahlonega Butterfly Farm. I interviewed, yes, I interviewed Joanne a few months back about the Dahlonega Butterfly Farm. So all kinds of things. And Miss Rosalind Carter, former first lady, is top of mind right now. And that's why... I have this interview coming up for you next Saturday with Annette Wise and Yop Darude of um, Emory because her 95th birthday is coming up next week on August 18th. And so they're doing the Rosalind Carter Pollinator Appreciation Day on the 18th. And that is timed also, I mean, because of her 95th birthday, but to coincide with the great Georgia pollinator census, uh, which you heard Becky Griffin talk about here on the show last week. And so that, the count for the census, is August 19th and 20th. And I may break a little bit early here so that when we come back, I have a chance to just play that little clip of Becky Griffin on the show from last week for you, how easy it is to participate. And you can start off by going to GGAPC. Dot org. Those are those are you know the letters that are short for Great Georgia Pollinator Census. GGAPC.org and get excited about it. Get excited. Get the family out there, the kids out there, sit in front of a plant that attracts pollinators, whether it's butterflies, hummingbirds, bees, and do the count. So we'll hear from Becky Griffin, a friend of mine, proud pollinator promoter, when we come back, telling you all about it. So stick around and uh, coming up too. Chop my tree, Premier Tree Solutions. When we return on ninety five point five WSB. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. All right, currently 72 degrees outside. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today and tomorrow, really similar, mostly sunny skies. Highs in the mid to upper 80s and lows around 67 to 70 degrees. And then it's really going to start to cool off for the work week, bringing in thunderstorms. Possibility for them anyways on Monday. Green green, and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, number one, start working on finding local farms where you can bring the family over the weekend, like this weekend, to pick blueberries, blackberries, figs, and tomatoes. I want you to visit the website georgia-agritourism.org and click Find a Farm, and that's going to be helpful for apple picking season, too. Number two, plant broccoli, collards, and kale. If you've never planted beets, some good varieties are Detroit Dark Red, Red Ace and Ruby Queen. And number three, summer pruning on wisteria. You're leaving enough time for the vine to put out new leaves, but not enough time for it to grow rampantly. And you make your cut just above or just beyond the sixth bud of every whip if you need to kind of reduce it down. And then cold weather is going to cause the leaves to drop. That's normal. And winter pruning is done in January or February. So all these websites that I'm sharing with you, the Darude Lab for the milkweed, uh, Georgia Agritourism, Dahlonega Butterfly Farm. I will have all of that after the show on Facebook. So please give me a follow now on Facebook. Search Green and Growing WSB. And want to say good morning to Nina and Carla and McIntyre, who have already followed me on Facebook listening to the show. So, yeah, I'm talking about the Great Georgia Pollinator Census, whole show about it next Saturday for sure to help you count butterflies and bees and hummingbirds. And here's a little bit of my conversation with our friend Becky Griffin from UGA Extension about how easy it is to participate. 
All right. This will be the fourth annual Great Georgia Pollinator Census, and it is for all of our citizens. Anyone can count pollinators. So the the crux for people who have not counted before is you pick a favorite pollinator plant, and that just means one that you see insect activity. You go out and you count pollinators on that plant for 15 minutes. Uh, I always tell people to bring a sweet tea because it's hot in August. <laughs> yes. And then um, come back and upload your counts. And it's all the information is on our website, which is ggapc.org. And there are events all over the state that day. Um, it, it is uh, those days. It is a time for all of us to get together, celebrate pollinators, and and do something for them. Uh, I think our tagline is protecting pollinators one count at a time, and these counts really do matter. And the big news, are you ready for the big news, Ashley? Lay it on me. We are now partnering with South Carolina. South Carolinians can join the census this year. I've been working all summer with my good friend Amy Dabbs over at Clemson. We've been working with educators in South Carolina and business owners and, and citizens over there. So they are also going to be counting. So we are transitioning to the Southeast Pollinator Census as more states see the value in recording our populations and doing educational initiatives about them. So it's a big year for the census, and I'm excited to see Georgia come out strong like we do every year to give a good example to those those Clemson, South Carolinian folks on how this works. Well, there's two ways you can do it. Okay. You can uh, We have a counting sheet, and this year I'm happy to tell you we have Spanish material, Spanish oh. language materials as well, but you can get a counting sheet in English or Spanish and print it out, and it is kind of a cheat sheet. So um, it tells you, okay, this is how you know it's a bumblebee, this is how you know it's a a small bee, and take that to the garden and use that, or um, it is mobile friendly. So if you just want to take your phone and do the count, um, you know, and then take your phone out and upload your counts, uh, however you want to do it. But I always like the counting sheet, just so a little refresh my memory about exactly, you know, what the definition of a small bee is for the census and that type of thing. But all the materials are there for printout. If you're leading a group effort, um, there's the insect counting guide. You can uh, print that out and use that to educate others on how to, to do the census. So everything should be there. Really fantastic resources, I'm telling you, ggapc.org, and help the pollinator census, help the count. I always, you know, bring you guys throughout the year different citizen science projects, and that's a big one. And the other one that's, I guess, all of North America, it may even be worldwide, is the Great Backyard Bird Count that I talked to uh, the Lab of Ornithology at Cornell in Ithaca, New York, talked to them about that. And we're always competitive, just like Becky was in South Carolina. We're competitive with other states. You know, how well does Georgia do compared to other states during the Great Backyard Bird Count in February? Same thing. You sit there for 15 minutes, make note of all the different birds you see. So this one's fun, easy, and I promise the kids will like it. So good morning to everybody on Facebook. Chris just gave me a follow, and and Jeff and Beth. And we're going to be back with ChopMyTree.com. Owner Jeff Roth and arborist Rafael Santiago. Get those tree questions to me right now. The phone lines are open, 404-872-0750. I know you've got some trees that you're looking at. You don't know if they need to be taken down, limbed up, pruned back, or something just unhealthy. They don't look right. So you definitely want to ask these guys. Coming up on Green and Growing, stay tuned.
It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, halfway through the show, Green and Growing live with you on a Saturday morning, and I can prove I'm live. It's 72 degrees, and it is 737 right now. And Dave Baker, host of the Home Fix-It show himself, just walked in and out of the studio. So he's already here, ready to give you a good show at 9 o'clock. And then Belinda Skelton with Atlanta Living, that comes on at 1 o'clock today. And you know, once Georgia Bulldog season starts, so excited defending national champions, my alma mater, University of Georgia. Once those games begin, uh, anytime there's a noon kickoff, that's obviously going to affect uh, Dave and, and my shows so I think like usually I'll be off the air maybe at 8 a.m. that day. Uh, that way we have four hours for the tailgate show and all that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, still bringing you good podcasts, good content. Newsletter just went out yesterday to all of you that subscribe uh, through WSBRadio.com. And the website, WSBRadio.com slash green and growing. And I do a lot with that. So if you miss the newsletter, all of the articles are then posted on the website Um, And events, too. That's one of my favorite portions of the site. I had to make sure with the digital team that I got that that section of the website. So when you scroll all the way down to the bottom, green and growing events, and I keep you up to date on things going on, classes, opportunities happening around Metro Atlanta. This one's not going to be on the website because it's not garden related, but I just thought this was kind of cute. This is a good one. I live in Cherokee County. And they put out uh, a press release for a hot dog luncheon on October 26th to benefit local seniors. The annual fundraising event held at the Senior Center located off Univetter Road in Canton from 1130 to 1, a donation of $5. And you get a hot dog, beans, chips, a drink, and a dessert for 5 bucks. You can stop in and take it out. You can eat it there. And that is all for the Stand Up for Seniors group. Um, volunteer Aging Council. So I think that's a good little cause. So plan on having a hot dog lunch. Put it down in your calendar up in Canton on August 26th. But yeah, all the garden opportunities and things on wsbradio.com slash green and growing when you click on events down at the bottom. Uh, Pike Nursery actually having a class today, so it's not too late to register for that. If you go to pikenursery.com and click on classes and events, today is how to choose houseplants. And that starts at 10 o'clock at select stores. So when you click on that, you'll see which stores are are hosting it. And it is free, but they like for you to pre-register. And I had an easy time choosing a houseplant for a coworker of mine for a year. I've told Smile and Mark McKay, who says he doesn't have a green thumb, lives in a condo, doesn't get a lot of sunlight, just not into the whole plant idea. I told him for a year. I said, there's this really cool houseplant that I'm going to get you. You're going to take care of it. You're going to love it. Well, I looked at different nurseries for about a year. Uh, for this black pearl plant. And this year, I just couldn't find it. Some years you can, some years you can't. And so didn't find it. So I did go to the Pike Nursery in East Cobb to see Allison. And that's the one off Johnson Ferry near Shallowford Road. And I found like a Sansevieria, like a snake plant, but it was a different variety. It didn't have those tall, flat leaves. It was more like it literally, my my coworker Judd Hickenbotham, when I brought it into the station, said it looked like green beans sticking out of the dirt. So I think it's Royal Crown, that kind of variety of Sansevieria. But it's really cool. The green beans, so to speak, are variegated. So they look really neat. It's a very masculine plant, a very cool plant. And it's a succulent, so it doesn't require a lot of water. So you could literally water it once every, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks, the way you know with your houseplants. And they're going to tell you this in that Pike Nursery class. Stick your finger in the dirt. I mean, it's that easy. And if the top, you know, up to your knuckle comes out dry, then it needs some water. But if a little bit of soil sticks to your finger, then there's soil in the, or there's moisture in the soil. 
doesn't need to be watered. So it's that easy. Uh, Green and Growing Facebook page, the website on WSPRadio.com, ways to find me and keep in touch with me. And also, speaking of Cherokee County, where I'm from, I visited with uh, some wonderful ladies at Macedonia Elementary School in the Canton Free Home area, and I'll bring you that, too. They had a lot of cool garden tips for me, just tried and true uh, ways of doing things. And what I really went to Macedonia Elementary for was to see the school garden, the vegetable garden. And I got to talk to some of the kids about eating the fresh foods from the vegetable garden. And they were so excited to have that in their cafeteria. So my thanks to Principal Christy Rich and Cindy in the lunchroom and Mom Melanie that is a PTA mom that really keeps up with the garden, especially in those summer months. So I have a lot of cool stuff to bring you. And then at the end of the month, on August 27th, Mickey Gasway will be on the show with me in studio. And I know she's listening right now. Mickey, I guess I don't know what, talk, what time we talked about you coming in, but um, you will be in studio on August 27th. So she'll help answer questions. But then she's got to leave early because the next class at Pike Nursery is that Saturday, so two weeks from now, and it's a gardening for beginners class. So that's going to be really good, too. So still, have the kids involved in this kind of stuff. I think it's a lot of fun. 404-872-0750. So coming up, we'll have Rafael Santiago and owner Jeff Roth of Premier Tree Solutions, chopmytree.com, along to answer questions. And boy, have I accumulated some really good questions from all of you. Uh, Folks email me, they find me on Twitter, pass them along via Facebook Messenger. Japanese beetles eating the crepe myrtle flowers, what to do about that. Um, Somebody sent me a fantastic picture of a curly willow, a really tall, fascinating tree. As you would imagine, the branches are all kind of curly and whimsical looking, but the leaves at the very, very top died. So I definitely sent Raphael a picture and said, what do you think's going on? And a lot of times it is hard to tell. Um, just from a photograph, you know, you, you really need to step back and kind of look at the bigger picture when you start to have tree health issues. It could be anything. It could be from the top to the bottom. So you would want to take a picture of the top and show it to an arborist or myself or an expert at Pike Nursery. Take a picture of the base, too. We want to see where it's coming out of the ground. Uh, we want to see uh, along the trunk to make sure there's no decay or any foreign bodies or anything along the trunk, even holes, gaps, splits, anything like that. Um, So you really kind of, you know, are doing an arborist a service to give them kind of an overall look. And, of course, you're free to to call them out to the house and just have an arborist come and take a look and make sure that it's not going to be a fatal problem. Uh, GeorgiaArborist.org is a great website. We love our friends over at the Georgia Arborist Association, many of whom have been on the show. I've got Christy Bryant. We've got Seth Hawkins with the Georgia Forestry Commission. All those guys are great. And that's how you find an arborist, a reputable arborist. Start at georgiaarborist.org and you can find a tree professional. You'd put in your zip code or something like that. But so when you when you think about tree health, you know, there's a lot that's going on, a lot of ways to give us indications and signs of what's going wrong. So, um, but I, I will say some of the tree pictures that I've gotten from folks I have noticed, because I asked them to take a picture of the base of the tree, and there's mulch right up against the base of the trunk, and that's never good. So I may not know what's going on with the tree, but the minute I see that in the photo, I'm like, okay, first of all, let's take the mulch back from the base of the tree. We don't want that up against the trunk for a number of reasons. It's going to cause rot. It's going to hold all the moisture in there. There's going to be more of an opportunity for bugs to get right up against that. So I know it has a nice look to it, but you want to definitely bring that mulch back about maybe a foot or so 
don't have it hugging the trunk and certainly don't have it mounded like a volcano. That's called volcano mulching. And all of us in the industry, well, I say all of us. I mean, I guess I'm in the industry with you guys, but um, all of us in the industry hate volcano mulching. It's just not good. You never want to mound it up along the trunk like that. So am I ready to throw you guys in here? I think so. Hello. So I've got Jeff Roth owner of Premier Tree Solutions, and Rafael Santiago, certified arborist on the staff. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm so glad to have y'all here. Yeah, nice too. Look at y'all all decked out. Do I get a Premier Tree Solution shirt? Uh, yes, next time I come back. Okay. Sure. There you yeah. go. Size small, please. Thank yeah. you. So I got mediums. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can, yeah, I would imagine not a lot of your crew is a size small, right? A lot of large and extra large. <laughs> Maybe 3X? Some of those guys? No, we love those no, guys. No 3X? No 3Xs. A lot of extra size that you can shave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you really do. Yeah. So, Raphael, talk to me about some of the jobs that you've had this summer. It's been brutal. It's been really hot. What have you guys had to be out there doing for hours at a time in the heat? Just it, all uh, yes, you're right. It has been brutal. Uh, our hearts go off for those guys in the, in the extreme heat yeah. <laughs> some days. Uh, luckily, we're you know highly equipped, so we have all of the machinery that we need. That way, we minimize the amount of labor. That our guys have to go That's through. True. Um, and we try to stay, you know, hydrated, try to stay in the shade when we can. But sometimes it's just inevitable. You have yeah. to be out there. And uh, it's uh, like you said, it's pretty brutal. And I'm sure yeah. you have some really good customers that bring out water and sweet They do. Tea yeah, they That's offer nice. us waters and Cokes and stuff like that. And uh, I give the, each crew a cooler and I buy pallets of water and Gatorade and uh, they're just responsible for the ice each morning. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so they always got yeah. plenty of food. We've got a good setup. That's yeah. why I see them all loading up at Quick Trip. They're stopping to get bags of ice. Yeah. That's oh, exactly yeah. it, to last yeah. all day. Yeah. Yep. So is the temperature a little bit different if you're working in a tree that's 60 feet off the ground? Is the temperature going to be a little bit different up there than down at the base? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been up on trees, I, I don't know, 30 feet. and never yeah. gone all the way up there. <laughs> it's miserable up there. Um, you know, they're hot and sweating just like we are on the ground but yeah. uh they have to contend with uh bugs and uh, sawdust all in their oh, faces yeah. and uh sometimes an occasional uh hornet's nest or something oh yeah yeah There's that too and then they got to sit there and take it <laughs> yeah so, i tell people that have asked me if i you know like climbing if i've ever climbed you know i, I did before just for the experience yeah. right I, inst- mm-hmm. I installed cable on um, bifurcating trunks yeah. and stuff like yeah. that so one thing is going up in a tree with your ropes and, uh, you know, safe and going up there. Another thing is going up with a chainsaw strapped to you yeah. and a bunch of extra ropes and rigging large branches size of trees yeah. all the way around. Yeah, <laughs> making sure the rope's in the right place so uh, they don't get no behind picnic. you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot to know, uh, a lot going on up there. Yeah. So when you're hiring mm. folks, Jeff, like... Explain to me the industry a little bit. Like, how how do you go about searching that very specified workforce for employees? Well, uh, for the climbing, it takes a special individual. And um, there's some guys that would like to learn to climb, so they kind of shadow underneath somebody else. A lot of people think they want to climb uh, until they get up there and then realize, no, this isn't for me. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I've seen guys stay in a tree all day long. I've seen them eat their lunch in a tree Uh because they don't want to come down and have to go back up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it takes a special individual to do that job. It's uh, very demanding, Gosh. mentally and physically. I yeah. would imagine so. That kind of reminds me of when John and I actually, like, painted our own house. Like, we didn't hire that out. We were like, 
got a really good, you know, a couple hundred dollar paint sprayer at Home Depot. Mm. Probably the best investment we ever made. But I got up there on the roof. And I had no problem getting up with the sprayer and stuff. Yeah. But when it came time to get down, yeah. like I almost started crying. And I was like, I can't get down. And he's yeah. like, you got up there. You, and I just, I couldn't figure out, do I want to go backwards down the ladder? Do I need to face out? And I mean, I, I froze. I yeah. panicked. Like I Makes couldn't get think, off the right? roof. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, and you know what's kind of fun though, Jeff? Like you said, it, it really takes a special kind of person to become a tree climber. The Georgia Arborist Association, they have like a tree climbing championship every mm-hmm. year. Yeah, they have it every year. That is yeah. So cool. I actually went to that last year. So this year it looks like the 24th annual uh, Georgia Trees Unite Us Conference and Climbing Championships are going to be held on November 17th. So right around Thanksgiving. But I mean, that's when people really show off their skills and their knowledge and speed, you know, once they've really become seasoned professionals. Yeah, Yeah, I've only been to it one time. I went there with one of my climbers to just watch. So it's, uh, yeah, they do all this kind of technical rigging and climbing and it's just it's pretty amazing. I yeah. think John's going to participate on that this, uh, this coming year. Is he? One of our former cl- climbers, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. Shoot, I'll go like cheer him on. And I think they have like a, a dummy, too, that they... Aerial re- for aerial rescue. For rescue, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like intense, the things that yeah. you just don't think about. So, all right, your questions for the guys at Premier Tree Solutions, chopmytree.com. When we come back, 404-872-0750. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Things are always better when you have friends with you. So I've got Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago. And prior to them coming in, started off the morning, got Chris behind the glass. Hello. Good good cover. I was I was about to tell Ann. I was what? about to say to Ann right now, what are we, just ch- chop liver over here? Yeah, for the last on. hour and a half. So what did your wife want to do today? And you said, well, I was listening to Green and Growing, and now we can't do it. Right after we talked about the Chattahoochee River, she texted me and said that we got invited to go shoot the hooch. Yeah. And I was like, no, check those E. coli levels. And, uh, <laughs> I potentially just saved your life. You're potentially, welcome. yes. I <laughs> I owe you. I owe you one trip to the tree climbing competition. Hey, Winterville, Georgia, we're there November 17th. So Anne's answering your phones. That's who you speak to when you call 404-872-0750. And again, all of these links that I'm mentioning, like how did I find out the E. coli levels on the Chattahoochee River? Um, I will post those links and others. The Great Georgia Pollinator Census. I talked about the Darud Lab at Emory University. Professor of Biology there, Yap Darud. Uh, how to get milkweed, native milkweed. And all these websites I'll post on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page. And I'm also going to post some cool pictures that Jeff just sent me of some really sexy new equipment and a recent job that you guys had in Smyrna, the before and after. So you've seen these guys around the neighborhoods. You know Premier Tree Solutions, chopmytree.com. So, Raphael, we're ready to pick your brain. Are you ready? I'm ready. When we come back just after 8 o'clock, Jennifer has a question about a tree that was trimmed by the power company. Stuart in Jonesboro, this is a great question that you're really going to help him with an oak tree. Lightning damage. So he sees some rot in the scars. Some mushrooms are present, so we know what that means. And then Gwen in Dunwoody with a question about a Yoshino cherry tree. Plus your tree questions too. Now's the time. Free advice from the experts. 404-872-0750. So we'll be back more with Premier Tree Solutions. Chopmytree.com when we return on 95.5 WSB.